I didn't have no motivation to do it. Zero motivation to do anything. Zero motivation to have a shave, zero to brush your teeth, even have a shower, nothing. Nothing. I can't tell you in words how I felt, how down I was. When you lose control of your own mind, you're in a bad place. I just wanted to show the world that if mental health could bring somebody as big as me and as strong as me and, you know, the stereotype heavyweight champion of the world to my knees, then it could bring anybody to the knees. And I thought to myself, if I can show the world that you can come back from it and to get back in shape and get back to the top, then anybody can do it. Well, wow. that was much better than my intros. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's up, guys? <laughs> how are we, boys? Good. Gentlemen, how's everyone? Very good. Good, good. We uh, have a, another voice with us today, Dave. Besides, besides Tyson Fury. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Tyson Fury is not in the studio, unfortunately. The man but behind someone the, the just voice as good. Thank God. Dave. I think people are Someone better. Someone much, much, much better. <laughs> now, we're really, really, really blessed um, to have with us in the studio tonight, Kira Salib. Um, Kira is an amazing member of our copter community here um uh and he has a really uh, extensive background as well which is going to really lend to the discussion that we want to have today um kira actually spent about 12 years um working for facts which is the department of community family and community services in new south wales and he's now with exodus youth works um and obviously as you guys would know we were blessed to have um the big boss debbie with us uh, a few episodes back so it's, it's great to have another member of exodus here with us so welcome kira and thank you, thank so, you much. so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. A big, big blessing. Thank you. Dave, what's our juicy... Juicy, juicy. juicy. <laughs> what's our juicy, juicy topic, Dave? Uh, well, look, we, we had a really great discussion with Father Elijah last time and kind of breaking down um, those barriers and the, the, the conflicting ideas that we sometimes mm -hmm. have between spirituality and mental health and understanding that. So we want to go a bit deeper with that and get into the real gritty side of things, which is why we kind of started with that snippet from, from Tyson Fury. I think he really, it's, he really powerfully articulates um, how we can find ourselves hitting mm -hmm. rock bottom and having really difficult mental health challenges, especially as men. And so we want to bring in Kiro draw on his expertise and obviously between ourselves discuss those ideas a bit further. And I guess more of a practical sense and how, how these things look in a practical sense, you know, understanding ourselves better, um, trying to help others. What does that recovery process look like? Um, you know, things like that. So, uh, Ray, I'll let you take take the lead on the first point. All right. Well, without further ado, Kiro, welcome to the lab with the boys. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I think like we always do is we try to start off by giving our listeners some context and by defining ultimately what the topic is. Um I want to, like, let's get the ball rolling. So I want to guess, I guess, put this out there that the definition or the terminology of quote unquote mental health generally has more of a negative connotation surrounding it these days. Um, typically when you see it on a social media post, when you hear about it in conversation, it almost sounds like, you know, you're talking about with reference to the damage being done, um, do we have a particular definition for to the purpose of today's discussion? Like what is mental health? Is having a negative connotation attached to it? Is there positive connotations? I mean, what are your thoughts on, on the topic overall? 
Yeah, look, I think, um, look, I, I tend to agree. I think anytime mental health is mentioned, a lot of the time it'll be in the context of poor mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So the negative side of mental health. I don't think anyone, you know, uses the term mental health when they're talking about how good they feel or yeah. you know, how happy they are. Okay. Um, so definitely whenever it's mentioned, in, usually in the context that it's mentioned, it's always about poor mental health or declining mental health. Mm-hmm. And are, are we agreeing collectively amongst us that for today's discussion that it's whenever whenever we bring up that terminology, it's more of a negative yeah, connotation? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. So to, to extend on that point, do you agree, Kira, with this statement that there is a crisis in men's mental health? Is there a crisis or is that a bit dramatic? Um, look, uh, I don't I don't know if I'd call it a crisis, um, but I think I think it's a real issue in our society. Mm. Um you know, men's mental health declining. Um, I I would say even declining rapidly. Yeah, I guess you could call it a crisis in a yeah. way. Um, I think with the challenges in our society these days and with what men face and with stigmas and with profiles and images and, you know, what, what men sort of have to go through and uphold in, in this current day and age, um, I think it's having a direct impact on, mm. on their mental health, definitely. Mm. And for purposes of this discussion, gentlemen, as well, we're specifically focusing on men's mental health as well. Not to dismiss, obviously, you know, the ladies side of things, but I feel like for purposes of this discussion, it'll be predominantly centered around men. So to those that are listening, I mean, if you are female, you more than likely have, you know, uh, someone that you know that suffers with, you know, relatively poor mental health. So it could be a father, a brother, a a spouse, etc., um, so definitely encourage you not to tune out at this point. <laughs> a lot of things are obviously naturally just going to be a huge overlap anyhow, but mm. absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Um, oh, this is going to sound a bit contentious. So are we, <laughs> that's your specialty. Uh, yeah. The, 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 that's what I do here at the righteous man. So <laughs> are we actually worse off as a society, um, in dealing with mental health granted that, you know, we've potentially softened our resilience, um, Due to the large emphasis placed on, you know, quote unquote, mental health being such a buzz term these days, it almost seems like to place that in context, like anytime someone's sort of having a bad day, that that mental health term gets thrown around. And so ultimately, because it's used so, you know, so easily, do you think that there's a potential that we've actually softened our ability to deal with, you know, just regular day to day struggles? Um, good question, man. Um, yeah, look, to a certain extent, um, I, I would agree with you. I think the term mental health is thrown around and I think, um, a lot of the time things are attributed to, to mental health. Um, and again, sort of depends on the context, depends on who you're talking to, you know, as to how they define mental health, someone having a bad day compared to someone diagnosed with a, you know, Mm. mental illness or Mm. the impact that it's having on them. Mm. Um, it's, it's very different. So there's definitely a spectrum. There's different levels that, you know, we, and we, you know, we could be different people could be talking about different things, but they're all referring to the same term like mental health. Mm. Um, yeah. So I, yeah. Yep. Is there any, is there any, I would guess point in the spectrum where, you know, let's say for example, you have a client that approaches you and they sort of, you know, their problems are relatively superficial. Is there any point in time where you actually say, Hey, this isn't really, it shouldn't be affecting your mental health to the extent that it is. And, you know, is there any a point in time where you're actually not diagnosing someone and saying, like, come on, mate, you know, you've got to lift a little bit here. Um, yeah, look, no, as a, as a therapist, no, I wouldn't, I would never have such a discussion with a client. Look, if they're, if they're presenting, um, 
you know, with something that is impacting their mental health, regardless of whether I think they have good reason to or not, or it's warranted mm. or not, you know, that's their truth. That's that's how it's impacting them. And the yeah, the approach to it and discussion, you know, needs to be a therapeutic one and, and sort of taking yeah. on what they're saying and how, how it's impacting them and how it's making them feel and, and working with that. So more often than not, I guess you could conclude that some people aren't necessarily in control of the way that something affects them. It just, it happens to influence them in that particular way and we're not in a position to sort of make a judgment based off of, hey, you should be reacting in this way rather than, yeah. So the the me- like there's no measure, you know. So mm, it's mm. or it's, it's something to measure against, you know. Like yep. something can happen to someone, and the way they respond to that is very different than the person next to them. And the other way, something what I think or what you know people will think is a really horrible thing to happen, and someone mm. should be a lot more affected than what they are. But they process it and they deal with it, and and it doesn't affect them as much as mm. we thought it would. So yeah, it's very individual, very case by case mm. scenario. Mm. I, I want to jump into that a bit if I can, Kira, because obviously with your professional experience, you would have seen so much of that very wide gambit of you know mental health and different you know whether it, it is um, trauma, loss of a loved one, addiction. Um, you know, everything, you, you would have seen so many things. So, I mean, it, are you able to touch on that and, and draw from some of those things? And uh, is there anything that changed how you think about men's mental health or are there things that have are very clear to you now, uh, very, um, you know, some of the biggest causes or trigger points in terms of men's mental health? Um, look, no, no, like, yeah, no sort of one size fits all, no. Um, you know, the clients that I've sort of worked with over the years and currently, um, everyone's got a wide range of issues. Um, everything affects everyone differently. And like I said, something from my perspective, you know, I may not understand why it's having such a big impact on the person. Mm. Um, and the other way, like I said, where something's, you know, really significant and I'm thinking, well, you, How's you, should, be, still yeah, you should be presenting a lot worse than what you are, you mm. know. Um, and definitely things like trauma, people's experiences, people's perception and how they see a situation you know and then that you know sort of dictates how they're impacted by it again varies you know it mm. depends on how someone perceives a situation how they're impacted by it, how their brain processes it and then the impact that that has on them um so it's very very vast and it's very diverse and it's the the, the spectrum is huge yeah in in your experience as as a therapist i mean my question is really how did we get here to this point where we're conducting podcasts, we're navigating a topic, you know, in a sensible and sensitive manner that, you know, we need to talk about this topic because it's such a relevant thing. I mean, if you rewind, let's call it five years, I mean, me personally, I would never have thought like men's mental health was a thing. So how do you think society's kind of, and, and life in itself has sort of shifted towards where this is now a very relevant and very like something that's actually prevalent amongst mm. all of us and probably affects a lot of us too. Yeah. What happened? Like what, what changed? Look, my opinion, um, I think for men, the fact that, you know, as a gender, we don't address it. We don't like to talk about it. Mm. We're not upfront with it. Um, and that sort of bottles up and builds and builds and builds. And then you have a crisis. And I think where we're at now in our society, I think that's what we're looking at. The pressures that men face 
um, the, the, you know, the whatever's happening in society now that wasn't years ago, you know, things like social media, even mm. things like food, you know, what we're putting into our bodies and, and processed food and yep, all of this yep. stuff collectively, the atmosphere, the environment, blah, 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 everything collectively, mm. I think is, is having an impact on humanity, on all of us. Yep. And I think, um, you know, compounding, I guess, um, with the fact mm. that men, I think naturally for us, we're not that good at this stuff talking about mm. emotions accepting sort of that that there's yep. an issue raising it seeking help um you know removing that stigma um you know like tyson fury said you know like look at him big strong world champ and it yep. brought him to his knees you know and i think again my opinion i think it's only when men are brought to their knees or when it hits crisis or mm. at rock bottom yeah. does that then prompt us to to sort of do or something something's about wrong it. yeah exactly yeah. and that and as you touched on that rock bottom is going to be different for everyone yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, different things you know, break us. But I do believe as human beings that it doesn't take much to break us. I think it, I think it's, um, mm. and there's, there's a bit of sweetness there because when we are broken and we realize that things are so much bigger than us, that's usually when we'll turn to God and when we start to make better decisions or we start to, you know, leave situations or behaviors that have you know taken us there. I think, I know, what do you guys think about that? Well, it poses the question, is there a direct correlation? I know we touched on this with Abuna Elijah as well, but is there a direct correlation between spirituality and mental health? And, mm. you know, is that relationship, you know, the better your mental health, uh, the better your spiritual health, the more equipped you are to deal with your mental health battles? I'm of the opinion, yes. You know, if you are, you know, more healthy in a spiritual sense, you probably are more equipped to take on your mental health battles. But I'll let you guys sort of yeah. get into it. Look, I, I, I think there is a direct correlation and also there isn't. I know that sounds weird. So mm. where, where... Let <laughs> me explain. <laughs> I don't sound so good, do I? No. Um, <laughs> so where, where there is, is definitely, you know, for, for a spiritual person who's in touch with that side of their being and, and has a relationship with God, using that as part of the, the process in dealing with it, processing it, healing, you know, accepting mm. it, you know, working through it and moving on from it, I think is a very powerful sort of element to that process. Definitely. So yep. spirituality, 100% connected. But where I think we need to sort of separate the two is, you know, there's, again, my opinion, um, you know, in our society, in our culture and community, there has been a thought where if you are a spiritual person, you won't have mental health issues. Yeah. If, you, if you're in touch with your spirituality, you know God, you have a relationship, then you can't be depressed. You can't have a, mm. mental, a, mm. a mental health problem. Um, and if you do, that's sort of indicative that you kind of need to work on your spiritual life. Mm. So I think in that regard, I, I'd like to sort of make a differentiation and, and mm. say that mm. there isn't a direct correlation there. My belief, um, you can be a spiritual person and develop a mental illness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, so yeah, so there is and there isn't. I hope that makes sense. No, no, that, yeah. that's it. Do you find, as a man of faith, do you ever find that there are sometimes, obviously, when you're in a, that professional setting, and you, you uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you need, there, there's a requirement legally, it has to be in a secular approach. You can't, you know, go in there and be sharing, you know, this Bible verse and blah, 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 blah. So, like, did you ever find that there were moments where you wanted to, kind of cross that boundary and share things from a spiritual perspective? Most definitely, man. Look, my per personally, for me, I sort of jumped ship to Exodus for that reason. Yeah, you know, wow. I worked for the state government. Um, mm. Definitely couldn't talk about anything or influence anyone or sort of bring that up um, in a professional setting, in a therapeutic setting. Absolutely not. Um, and for me, 
and I, and I sort of label myself now as a Christian counsellor. So right, I'm, right. I'm a Christian counsellor, I'm not a secular counsellor. And for me, you know, there, there was so much opportunity and I felt so much need on my end to sort of throw the spiritual side into discussions and believing there's a, that will be very beneficial to this discussion and not being able yeah. to. That was very frustrating. Yeah. Um, and I guess sort of coming to Exodus, you know, being a Christian organisation, um, we're, we're Christian therapists, Christian counsellors, um, and it's just, yeah, added a whole mm. other dimension to, to, to therapy, which is... I think yeah. I've got to be very, very careful about how I word this. this is not, not my own words, but... <laughs> Ray, 15 um, times an episode. Yeah, I've literally. Be very this hard, let me just stop myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hold on. Oh, we haven't done the disclaimer. This is opinion only. Please don't attack us, et cetera, et cetera. Um, no, someone actually made this comment to me a while ago that they, I mean, on this subject of spirituality and, and mental health, that they were sort of saying that spirituality you know and when you like specifically referring to prayer they were sort of saying that prayer and i don't agree with this by the way but prayer doesn't resolve the issue it just gives you a temporary fix of feeling better and i was like oh like you i don't know how i feel about that but i also get that you know when you're feeling down and prayer might make you feel good for a little bit of time it doesn't necessarily resolve the issue. And and this is going back to the whole idea of like a secular perspective. Like, you know, as a therapist, you would be recommending to people that you need to do X, Y, and Z to really address the problem. Mm-hmm. And so that was the angle that they were coming from where it was like, oh, prayer is good and everything, but it makes you feel good for a little bit, but doesn't really give you a solution. Mm-hmm. So how do you find that kind of distinction? Because, I mean, you could always say, well, prayer is a is a solution and does provide the solution but then how do you kind of separate the two yeah look i think and i heard abuna elijah's sort of podcast and i think he touched on it and i i sort of agreed with what he was saying i think it, it you can look at it two ways so something like prayer or using prayer miracles happen and we have faith and you can pray and a, and a problem can be fixed or the presenting Absolutely. issue whatever mm. it is can no longer be there can get sorted and it's no longer presenting as a problem to you and it's solved mm. fantastic and prayer doing that great the, the other side to, to prayer is while the problem is still there if the prayer is giving you comfort giving you peace it's impacting the way your mind is processing and perceiving this mm-hmm. situation yeah. or prayer is impacting the way you're dealing and responding to the situation then to me, that's also a solution. The only solution yeah, is not for the problem win. to disappear. The yeah. solution you want is that whatever's happening doesn't bring you down and negatively mm. impact you. Mm. Or you're better is, equipped to deal with it. You're better, exactly. So mm. if prayer is making you better equipped to deal with it, then for argument's sake, that is a solution because you're yeah. no longer being yeah. negatively impacted and brought down mm. by mm. that problem mm. because the prayer has made you yeah. deal with it or cope with it or whatever. Mm. Yeah. So very good, very good response, man. Why do you sound surprised? No, like as in because I never thought about <laughs> like it. You hit it that, out of the park. In, look, that's. I never thought about it in that context like when this discussion was taking place and i'm mm. like now that you say it in that light i'm like oh wow that's actually very powerful I, so kind of when elijah said that last week uh, it's just, <laughs> just just take credit man <laughs> there, it came across um two quotes given that it's like t- yesterday actually was the feast of pope Crollus that actually signal or demonstrate both sides of this discussion really well and so the mm. first one is prayer transform god uh, uh, sorry, wrong one. Prayer is capable to do everything because it moves the hand that runs the compass. And the second one is prayer is a safe road you walk on, so no darkness will catch up with you. Rather, prayer leads you to a place of comfort. So it's so showing both sides of the coin there that prayer does move the hand of God because inev- inevitably mm. you're communicating with, with God and what 
prayer can do, like Pope Carlos always said, what what God can do, prayer can do. Um, but it also, as you said, Kira, like it leads you into that place of maybe it's not like it's not going to flick a switch and magic's going to happen right in front of you. But maybe if you're feeling, you know, really frustrated or stressed about a particular situation at work, and you put that into prayer, and that leads you into a place of peace or you know. Uh, calm about this particular situation in order to be able to address you know a boss or whatever in a in a much calmer manner and and it leads to a resolution then i think you could probably confidently say that prayer is what led to that to that solution because Mm -hmm. if you had just stewed and you know dwelt on it and oh my god i couldn't believe this guy said this to me and went to bed angry and woke up and you're still dwelling on it and then went and confronted him in in that same state of mind I, i doubt you would have gotten the same solution as doing the opposite so mm. what you said is what on I'll, gi- I'll give you an example i do a lot of um marriage counseling um <laughs> and and as an example so you know a couple presented one person's really annoyed at the other person for doing whatever or they always do this or this uh, this behavior really annoys them blah 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 so when you discuss this with a couple <laughs> you know one like and you tell a couple you tell one party to to pray about it the prayer could be praying that god changes the other person gets them to mm. stop doing what they're doing you know change yep. who they are or that annoying Standard thing about operating them. procedure yep. Yep. <laughs> and god may listen to that prayer and god may absolutely change the other person and that is no longer a problem and mm. it's a solution and win win beautiful yep. and but, he may not and but the other side to prayer is rather than praying for that you can pray that god impacts you changes you increases mm. your capacity to deal with whatever the other person's throwing at you yep. blah, blah, blah. so that you know your spouse may not have changed an inch in regards to that thing mm. but mm. your capacity to deal with it your level of annoyance now has dropped significantly or you've developed a coping mechanism to deflect it or to you know whatever it is to deal with yep. it much better you're no longer impacted by whatever it is your spouse is doing and that's yeah. a win as well mm. so the prayer can yes fix the problem or it can change you where you're no longer impacted. Yeah, I, I love that because going back to that sentiment that, that your friend shared with you, Ray, like mm. I really hate it when I used to hear this in university a lot. People would say um, Christians just rely on God as like, like a crux in their problems. And it's yeah. like, well, if you logically speaking, if you know like, oh, this is just something I'm doing <laughs> just to make myself feel better, like th- then there's no actual genuine hope in like, it's useless to you. If you've yeah. just yeah. lost a loved one, you've just lost a job, you're in a, you know, really dark or abusive mm. situation or you, or like Tyson Fury was describing, you wake up and you, you wish that you didn't wake up mm. and you just don't have the motivation to do anything, then what good is like, oh, this, it's going to, I'm just going to slap a bandaid on it by praying. Like it doesn't do anything, but yeah. it is genuinely when we pray and we put ourselves in the presence of God and we allow him to mold us, like it says in Jeremiah 18, like then he makes us more like him. He makes us more, you know, teaches us to rely on him, teaches us to have that faith when we have no idea what's going to happen, where our next meal is going to come yeah. from, whatever it may be. Like, and, and like we always see in the Bible, like whenever Christ does a miracle, he always like gives a, a, an action or command. Like, you know, with the man you know, who was born lame and paralyzed, he says, get up and take your bed and walk. Your sins have been forgiven. So there's always like, you know, the five loaves and two fish. It says Christ lifted up his eyes and prayed and then, and then they distribute. They got people to sit down, and they distributed the food. So there was always a prayer combined with action. And um, you know, Mary and Martha, the same thing. There was one that was contemplation, and one that was uh, doing the action. And the church fathers say, it's you know, Christ, even though he condemns Martha, he actually condemns Martha more because she was actually worried about many things, not because of what she actually did. And so, the, the contemplation on that is that contemplation or prayer combined with action. And so, I think sometimes. 
I mean, I mean, personally, like I've definitely done this where we kind of just, it's like a bit of a cop out, like, oh, I'll just pray about it, but we don't do anything about the actual situation. We, we're lazy. And I think mm. doing those two things together, and I think it's I think St. Augustine that says like, pray as if it all depends on God and work as if it all depends on you. And yeah. so particularly in the context of mental health, I think sometimes you're probably leading yourself down a, a darker path. And I know last week we spoke about people who are completely unable to do anything and completely unable to to get out of bed. And I think probably for the purpose of this discussion, I don't think we're talking about, you know, the, the five, ten percent that are completely incap- incapacitated by mental health. Mm, I think we're talking yeah. about the majority that it's mild, mm. moderate, or, you know, that it's just affecting their daily life, but not, not completely disabling them. And I think in those situations, you're probably making it worse for yourself by refusing to take action, by refusing to change something. Um, I think Christ always demands action from us. Mm-hmm. Mm. 100%. 100%. You go, you go, you go, you go. You guys are so humble. <laughs> well, because, <laughs> like, like I know, I know that we we touched on this, you know, a little bit earlier on. But is it really a crisis? You know, this whole idea of men's mental health and the deterioration of men's mental health. Because I mean, on the flip side, you see, you know, obviously us being in Australia, you've got things like Beyond Blue, for example. Um, you've got things like Are You Okay Day, which I'm pretty sure is an international movement. So there's so much emphasis and support going into this particular avenue. But then are we, I know that we spoke about this in our episode on toxic masculinity, but <laughs> are we almost watering down our ability and to deal with certain situations and our resilience, our strength, our coping mechanisms? Are we making certain things more acceptable than what they should be? I mean, in your experience, do you... I don't want to be politically correct. I'm just going to say, do you feel like we've gotten softer as a generation? That's a great question. Because um, I feel like you could say you could mm. say both yes and no to this, which makes it a bit kind of difficult to navigate. Look, it's it's difficult to answer because, like you, you know, you you don't sort of have the full picture. My experience sort of isn't that vast, and you know, mm. can can sort of talk to you know no studies and, and statistics and all that. So yeah. I wouldn't have a clue. I guess my perspective is a bit biased as well because it's what I do day in day out. That's mm. all I'm exposed to is mental health and the referrals that I get and the people that I see mm. and, the, and the work that we do. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm probably a bit biased. I I think, look, I think the crisis is is how. I think the crisis is the stigma and I think the crisis mm. is the label and I think mm. the crisis is you know the the all the things surrounding the issue and the barriers and mm. and why you know people don't get the help they need and don't sort through the problems that they mm. have to me that's the real crisis and I guess at Exodus and and you know beyond blue and in our society in general you know, we're on a real mission to break that crisis, break the stigma, break the negative kind of the label. Exactly right. Mm. And and for men and all this stuff about what masculinity is and how a guy is supposed to be and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think as a society, that's the crisis. And we're trying to break through that to, you know, to, to get, you know, to more men and to, mm. and to provide more services and to get people the help they need. Whether the, the numbers of how many men are actually depressed and actually have mental illness or don't, mm. but are just saying they do, I, I wouldn't have a clue really yeah. um but the, the yeah the crisis i think from my perspective mm. is, is everything surrounding mm. it because when you do look at stats i mean we presented mark presented quite a number of stats last week like i think we've got the highest sort of suicide rates that we've ever had there was actually another um, one that i came across today actually which was women try to commit suicide more men succeed more yeah uh, so it was actually more so suicide yeah, yeah. yeah. father elijah mentioned that as yeah. well yeah, yeah. 
So, I mean, that's, did, yeah. that's the thing. You look at society and like there's more people depressed. There's more people with anxiety, more people, you know, attempting suicide and actually committing suicide, et cetera, et cetera. So like, is it just because, I know, I know we touched on this with the Buna Elijah previously, but is it we're more aware of it because of the fact that we have more mediums to be able to hear about it? You know, people talking about it on social media so openly, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me always wonder, I, like 30, 40, 50 years ago, is it we just didn't realize it was there because we just didn't have a means of knowing that it was there? And it's, yep. yeah. And I, and I think it's like any other problem in society. Has that problem always been there? We just didn't mm. know about it because yeah. we didn't yeah. have social media. We didn't have live sort of coverage of everything that's happening every, in every suburb, mm. every, you know. Exactly. Um, or is it actually on the rise? Um, mm. Yeah. I've, it's, it's funny that you guys mentioned that because, um, you know, our episode with Father Elijah only just went live very recently, but a, a close friend of mine um, listened to it and she had shared with me that her father passed away um, 20 years ago, he committed suicide 20 years ago. And she said to me something that was you know, very profound. She was like, I, I wish, you know, things, resources like this, you know, just our humble little useless podcast like, <laughs> existed 20 years ago because there just weren't enough conversations and education happening. Um, and there, there was so much very real pressure, like obviously life crushing mm. pressure for, for whatever, you know, for whatever reasons it is. I think one of the most, which we'll probably touch on later, one of the biggest ones for men is the pressure to provide when you have a family to feed and you're struggling to make ends meet and you don't have time to delineate how you're, mm. how you might be declining. You know, it's, 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 uh, it, it's, it's a really heartbreaking aspect of the discussion that we're having. I mean, I think it's like Abuna said, like the challenge is different. I think why people say that we got softer is like, for example, like our parents came, had zero dollars in the account, zero language skills, no job or career that they could transfer over most of the time. Uh, yet they got through it. and yeah. But we don't know what they were going through mentally. Yeah. We don't know what the damage was to them mentally. Like we, we don't know. We probably never will know. Mm. Uh, and I think that's why people say that you know, sometimes this generation is because we don't imagine us moving to like China and having to like start from scratch, no money, no, it would obviously be really hard, but I think humans have this element of adapting and I think you would adapt, like you would just naturally, you would learn to, you'd have to do what you have to do, I think, to survival. survive. It's survival. It's a survival. Yeah. Um, but I think we just, we un, we underestimate the challenges that we have as well, you know, for I don't know if you guys saw the, the social dilemma and they were presenting that those two graphs about so, uh, self-harm and suicide having been increasing since like 2010, which is when social media mm, networks started really to flourish. Off, and so yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence, like the amount of comparison that goes on and, you know, you're, get, you're getting compared, you're being, com- you're being, you're comparing yourself uh, all the time. Um, you know, you jump on and you might be doing really well in your own life and you jump on and you see someone else, you know, posting up highlights of their own life and it might make you mm. motivated to do more, better Which in your you life. mind you is all you ever see on social. Just, yeah, yeah, you don't see yeah, it. Exactly. You don't see anyone <laughs> failing a test on Instagram, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. it might motivate you to do more. But I think for the majority of people constantly seeing it, it, it does the opposite effect where it, it just plays on your mind and it, mm. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not living up. And I think, you know... Anyone ever asked me, I think the solution isn't moderation with social media. I think get rid of it, but most people probably don't like that response. Unless you're following the righteous man on Instagram. Keep it it just for the righteous man. Only follow one page. Well, I guess this discussion, discussion, discussion really poses the question, um, 
is there actually a crisis around men's mental health? You know, or is it just we just know about it because we have more avenues to to hear about it? Um, I also think that there's also a flip side to that is is there a crisis around masculinity and mental health in that it's so watered down? Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like there is a crisis because times are changing and the societal pressures are different. You know, the cost of living is completely different. Different. Um, for me personally, I think that there is a, a disproportionate amount of people that have grown up in the social media era as well that you can't contrast that against, you know, people that grew up in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, etc. Um, I think that in, in my humble opinion, it's actually going to get worse before it gets better, mm-hmm. even in spite of all the resources that we have. But again, is there actually a crisis here? Yeah. Look, I, yeah, I think when you put it like that, then, I, and I think there's two crises, definitely crisis in regards to the pressures that are faced by men now. Mm. Um, you know, and for argument's sake, back in a time when there wasn't social media and there wasn't these pressures, you know, men were, and, and women, like humanity, was only exposed to whatever they were exposed to. You know, you yeah. had your networks, you had your friends, you had your family, you had your neighbours, you had community members, you had your church members, whatever that you were exposed to. Yeah. That's all you knew, you know, and definitely that comparison and trying to keep up with the Joneses and all that existed from the beginning of time. But, you know, with, with, with whatever it was that you were exposed to at the time. Now, something like social media, you know, on average, every one of us would have a thousand friends on Facebook and Instagram, you know. So that the, the, the you know, the, the comparison's huge and the pressure's huge and what we're exposed to to is so much more so much more and it's um, all the time like and you it's know, constant you would, you would be comparing yourself to someone else on at church on a Sunday morning that's two hours of your week whereas this is like yep. a, a big portion of your yeah, and you, you know, and you time. could be comparing yourself to people you don't even know like you're just associated yeah. with you know or you're just following or you're just with, following yeah. and, and it's you know this person and this person and again like we said everyone posts the happy moments on social media and the highlights no one poses anything other, like you know shows anything other than that so you know you're constantly comparing yourself to a, a you know huge number of people, and that I think that pressure for men to provide, like you said, um, David, I think yeah definitely impacts. So in that regard, the crisis, yes, I would agree, mm-hmm. and and I think you know like we discussed the the crisis of the stigma and the crisis of the shame and the crisis of you know men not getting the help they need or not knowing how to get the help they need or not acknowledging you know that there, there is an issue even despite the it. resources that we have exactly. as well mm. and i think that and that directly impacts you know that men not getting help not getting better not discussing things not opening up not mm. you know receiving support which you know they hit rock bottom and we yeah yeah definitely i think that also leads to I mean, that whole idea of hitting rock bottom as well. We discussed, you know, as a sort of recurring theme throughout The Righteous Men of the root causes of these things, um, which culturally, you know, as we've always sort of said, is kind of a key element there. Social media as well, which, you know, we've, we've obviously discussed extensively. Rather than looking at kind of the root causes of things, what do you think, like, where do you think the tipping point is between, like, okay, you know, you're, you're kind of struggling a little bit, having some down days, you know, might be in a bit of a, a slump and so forth. What are the causes of tipping the scale to this is now, you know, quite a significant, you know, mental health condition or illness that needs to be addressed? What is it that we're doing? Um, and what can we highlight as, you know, certain markers along the way, which tip us over the edge for lack of a better description? Yeah. 
Look, I think a, a lot of a lot of that has to do with the individual. So individually for men, I think, you know, you start off with having a bad day, you know, things are getting to you, a bit more irritable, you know, you're impacted a bit more than usual, blah, blah, blah. Low-level stuff, n- not illness, not mental mm. illness, nothing like that. And I think the, the issue becomes build up, build up, build up mm. and grows. And, mm. and, and I think, you know, f- the, the easiest way to look at this stuff when we talk about mental health is to compare it to an actual illness. You know, if you mm. start off with a sniffle or you're a bit tired, fatigued, whatever, but, you know, you're not bedridden. Yeah, carry you're not, on. You're not yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Carry on, carry on, carry on. And slowly, slowly, you know, you're not you're not getting better. You're getting worse. You're getting worse. You're getting worse. Mm. And it can end up, you know, something else. So over the edge. I think yeah. it's sort of it's in, a, in a similar sort of way. And that's where I think the whole then the topic of early intervention comes in, you know, mm. for, for people to reflect and... And everyone knows themselves better than anyone. So you know yourself. You know your baseline. You know when, you know, something is out of the ordinary and something's Something's building up and something's Mm. wrong when you're not able to cope. And if you sort of assess yourself, you know your level of function, you know your baseline. If, if, If you're starting to notice that that is being impacted, if something is abnormal and is abnormal for a period of time, you know, it's not a one day, you're just, everyone can have an off day, you're not in the mood, you're tired, you're buggered from work, no problem. But if that's a day, two days, five days, a week, two weeks, and, and, and you've and you're feeling that and it's getting worse and it's growing I think yep. then the onus at that point is on us as individuals to to start sort of thinking about something's not right here mm. Mm. would you say some of those markers are like irritability stress anxiety um, even the physical manifestation of those things like you know lack of sleep weight loss weight gain do you think Muscle that those and yeah those like those that, yeah. things are genuine markers of like hey you know, you're kind of burning the midnight oil here a little bit, maybe just kind of enough to prick your ears and say, okay, well, um, maybe I just need to kind of tread tread a little bit carefully here. Yeah, definitely. I think for, for the average person, sort of in layman's terms, how to assess yourself, how far away you are from your baseline. Mm. You know, how far away you are from how you usually would be. And I think the further away that you think you are, indication that the, the more of a yeah. problem that you have i think the other way to, to sort of assess yourself is if 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 you feel like you're being impacted in multiple areas of your life for a period of time mm, so yeah. if you are tired and you are fatigued and you're a bit short with your spouse or you say and mm. you're having issues at work and your spiritual life is taking a hit and you mm. you know Can't your social life is taking a hit and yeah. you're not sleeping and you're not you know all these different areas you're starting to notice you're moving further away from your baseline all these different areas or multiple areas Again, that's an indication that you know you should you should start thinking mm, about. Yeah. And I mean, devil's advocate, you could you could experience that after you know the standard, you know, loss of job or you know problem or family problem. You, you might experience those things, but I guess as we're talking about, um, it's not something to be neglected. Even if it's if you can objectively put it on a lower end of the spectrum, it still shouldn't be neglected. And the what's happening under the surface, the emotional and the mental side also shouldn't be neglected. But the the tragedy is for some reason as men, we're just terrible at that. We're can terrible I, at can I, can I build on this as yeah, well? Yeah, for actually. sure. I'm, I'm gonna do it. Ready? Oh no. So shout out to Steph. <laughs> oh, I'm wait, waiting. Can I play my thing? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, I have a jingle. What the heck? It's my shin alien. <laughs> oh wait, wrong, no, wrong, 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 wait, wait, can you do it again? Can you do it again? <laughs> Alright, ready. Shout out to Steph. Oh. <sighs> Princess I, I, I Stephanie waited, I waited 12 episodes <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Well I don't know why she was an alien the first time But the yeah, second sorry, time was, was very majestic No on a, on a serious note I think 
we become. <laughs> okay. Oh, now he's just having Serious fun. With it. Go, 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 go. All right, for those listening who don't have any context and have it, this is the Mark first time. Mark got himself a new toy. <laughs> yeah. A brand which, new toy. He just stopped working multiple times. <laughs> And you guys cool. just ruined Steph's shout out. Like, uh, it was right. still magical. It, it sparkled. Okay. She's all a right, Disney right, princess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In 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 all seriousness, though, I think that a big problem with men is that, you know, the discussion I was having with Steph, um, you know, Steph being Lebanese, so Middle Eastern, and you know, lots of of men in her very 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 extensive family, is we learned to be. How, how did she describe it? She said, we learned to be functional in this state. So she's sort of saying that like, oh, you know, as you're growing up, especially with the men in your life, you know, your, your dad, your uncle, whatever, is that they're just constantly in a state of stress or a, sta- a state of agitation. And that's just their norm. Like that becomes their baseline, which I found actually one very true, but also two very alarming because mm. You know, I, I relate to this from personal experience. You know, I'm on the cusp of getting married. So I'm like work and finance and hustle and provide and pay this and, you know, want to have a nice wedding and, and a nice life and all this sort of stuff and blah, blah, blah. And so I think to myself over the last 12 months, I've just become this quote unquote functional stress head. You know, I'm, I'm more agitated than what, you know, I was when I was or younger but then you think, oh, I'm an adult now. But you can see how this track talk in a male's mind is perfectly normal. Like, oh, I, I'm mature now and I'm a man now. And all yeah. of these things that you tell yeah. yourself to almost make it excusable or justifiable to yourself to be like, okay, well, this is just life. This is how it is. Mm. Not knowing that, hey, you're you know slowly pushing that boundary. Um, like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that there's some validity behind that? And I obviously speak from personal experience as well. Yeah, look, I, I think the important factor to consider is the impact it's having on you. And I mm. think that needs to be your measure, mm. you know. And again, everyone has different capacities. Some people have a really high capacity for stress and they mm. are very stressed and they're very on the run. Mm. But, but they're still functioning. They're functioning. Yeah. Then it's not impacting their marriage. It's not impacting mm. their job. It's not impacting mm. their relationship with their children. They're still able to go to church on Sunday and pray and serve and, you know, hold down a job. And, and I make, feel like you know? that, that a high demographic or a high portion of people fall into that demographic. Yep. And then like we said in the beginning, you know, like how things impact people differently. Someone may have a lot less stress than, you know, this individual, but they're not coping with it and it is impacting them them severely, Mm. Um, you know, and we we need to look at that. So, yeah, I I think, you know, the the, the stress itself or what's happening or the routine of someone or what they got going in their life, juggling, you know, five different balls juggling in the air, Mm. that I don't think we focus on that. I think whether it's five balls in the air or one ball in the air, the impact that it's having on the individual. Mm, that's that's your your means of yeah. assessment, basically. Yeah. yeah, because, I mean, you always get kind of like the, it's normally the parents that say this, but, ah, oh, what are you going to do when the kids come along? And, you know, their life, that's life, and there's always problems and, and blah, blah, blah. Like, we've all heard it a million times before. Mm. Um, so I think if, you know, for anyone listening, one sort of, I guess, take-home message from that is impact. You know, you might have be you might be juggling ten balls and be completely fine, or don't, um, or don't get married. Well, yeah, <laughs> too little, too late for me, bro. But thanks. <laughs> there was a, there was a video. I love you, Steph. <laughs> wait, 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 there ah. it is. <laughs> Princess Stephanie. That's gonna be this my news. <laughs> Moving um, on. <laughs> there was uh, there was a video that I sent you guys um, by my new favorite 
female version of Jordan Peterson. You, you love your Canadian psychologist, man. Yeah, actually, like you're that. Canadian. Karen Strawn. Didn't realize, Karen yeah, Karen Strawn. Strawn. But she was talking about the this analogy that she gave of two pebbles and, and one is falling from the top of a tree, hitting branches and leaves and things on the way down and landing quite softly. And then the other stone, which falls off a cliff edge and there's nothing to slow it down and it hits you know, the ground and crashes and it's it's a disastrous kind of rock bottom. But the the two comparisons How big is this pebble, bro? <laughs> the two comparisons the two comparisons she was making were um like men and women. So women are quite good at, you know, when they when they are on this downward spiral, they they hit things on the way down. They hit their they don't hit the butt coming here bro they hit their friends. Yeah. Oh my god! But but yeah, they, you know they. Is all, we're gonna get in so much trouble. We're gonna get in so much trouble. <laughs> but you know they they have their support systems. They have sisters, mothers, friends. They like they're quite good at reaching out to friends. They're quite good at um, seeking reaching, professional yeah, help. seeking help. And I mean, it goes back to that stat mm. of the Abuna Elijah, Father Elijah was saying last week, where more women try uh, try Attempt to commit suicide, suicide but yeah. more men succeed. And and she was explaining in that. Uh, this might be controversial, but her 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 reasoning was that women uh, or more women do, uh, try to commit suicide as a cry for attention because you'll f- come across um, more female suicides where they'll you know for example swallow a bottle of pills, but they'll call up like emergency mm. straight away and mm. and let them know what's happened. Whereas when men do it, they're there to do it, mm. and so they're much better at reaching out. They're much better at using those support networks around them. Whereas men typically they'll if something's going wrong, you're on your own and you're you're going down alone and they're not as good as reaching out. They're not as good as leaning on friends and dads and that sort of thing. Um, so it was a really interesting comparison. So, yeah. um, but it, it kind of reminds me of one of the stats that I wrote in that 655 page document that I sent you guys. Literally. That literally no one read. I know no one read. I, I, no, I read it. I opened it. I opened it. But uh, it's Google Docs. I can tell who opened it. Oh, oh my God. But there was, there was a list of um, 10 kind of coping strategies that interviewed and they interviewed men and they got these list of 10 strategies of how they deal with things um, and how they keep themselves from kind of hitting rock bottom. Um, and I'll just, I'll rattle off the 10 and you can, you can kind of tell me what you think about them as well. Um, but the top one was eating healthy, which was 54% of people said they do regularly. Men said they do regularly. Keeping themselves busy, 50%. Exercise, 45%. Instead of saying the percentages, they were all above 35 or 40%. <laughs> but exercise, using humor to reframe thoughts, doing something to help someone else, spending time with a pet, accepting sad feelings and that this will pass, achieving something big or small and hanging out with people who are positive uh, and distracting themselves from negative thoughts and feelings. So it's kind of almost like, Maybe it's okay if men aren't, you know, so in touch with their feelings or emotions because we have other coping strategies. We have, you know, our friends, we have exercise. And I'm not saying women don't do these things, but I think men are better at doing these kind of more active things and being more logical and reasoning, just saying, okay, if if I'm having a bad day, it'll just pass and I'll move along and they don't dwell on it as much. And so, and this is a discussion that I think a couple of us had, or all of us, I think we had after that last episode of toxic masculinity where we kind of copped it a little bit for saying, you know, men need to be in touch with their emotions. And so maybe there's some legitimacy where we're saying, are we, are we pushing men too much to be in touch in this whole kind of new age stuff of being too emotional? Maybe we just play to our strengths of mm. being, you know, men of action and being stoic mm. and just thinking, you know, lo- reasoning things through instead. Yeah. 
I think yeah. Look, I, I think that's a really interesting point because if you look at all those all those examples of coping mechanisms for men, n- none of them involve talking. None mm. of them involved exploring emotions. None of them involved confronting any issue. Mm. It was all distractions. You know, eating, mm. exercising, walking, hanging out with mates, playing with the dog, blah blah blah. Mm. Then again, our stats are much higher. So what does that tell you? Yeah, and uh, look, and I and I, and I think you know, for argument's sake, men aren't necessarily good at that side of things where i think women are better you know women will talk mm. women like you said have their mothers their sisters their friends that you know the girlfriends where they'll talk they'll nut out and 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 that's that's therapeutic you know therapy someone comes to see me as a therapist we talk it's a conversation it's a digging mm. deeper it's mm. understanding it's processing it's asking questions it's making yep. sense yep. of blah blah yep. blah it's all communication and talking um, so women doing that with their friends and, and their networks, it's therapeutic. It helps them figure things out. It answers maybe some questions, provides some clarification, gets them to think about maybe a strategy or a technique that may help them with their issue, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And just because men don't do that, they play with a dog. The dog's not going to tell us anything <laughs> or ask us any questions. Unless you know? you're imagining the other side <laughs> of the conversation. Neither is the barbell at <laughs> the gym, exactly. So, you know, so it's, and, yeah. I think, and I think that's what's missing. And, and I guess finding that balance is is very very important and i would argue for argument's sake equally for women they can talk and share and, and sort of nut that out and be in touch with their emotional side but also very important for them to exercise and to eat well and to have a social network and to go out and yeah. you know work blah 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 so i think balance is balance very is, important yeah. being in touch with the yeah. emotional sort of psychological side and, and and going through that therapeutic process in that way mm. alongside the practical you know help that you know things yeah. that we can do to help us getting that balance right is very important i wanted to, to share a story on that because um i mean you guys know i used to work in um, um personal injury so i was one of my workers compensation clients big strong guy really big strong guy it huge, was me it wasn't you huge oh. um <laughs> huge uh shoulder injury like he'll basically it was definitely me are you kidding He'll never be able to do the job that he was before again, right? And then, uh, you know, he couldn't work. He's waiting to have surgery. Um, usually he was really, really on the ball with his appointments. He'd always rock up to his medical legal appointments. And there was one time he just we just couldn't get a hold of him at all. Um, and he I snapped it. Well, I, I called him like, man, man, what's going on? Like, you missed your appointment. Like, what's happening? He's like, oh, sorry, you know, I'm, I'm in the hospital. I'm like, what's going on? And then he starts telling me how because he hasn't been able to work, it's caused problems at home and he's separated from his wife, but they're in the same house. So his his um, kids are upstairs with the wife and he's in the basement on his own, oh. disconnected from everyone, feels like rubbish, feels worthless because mm. he can't work, he can't provide, he can't do anything and it's all he's known. Um, you know, he was he was drinking, sleeping tablets, picked up a knife and just put a huge like 10-inch hole in his arm basically bled out and then when he woke up drove himself to the hospital and that's why he Damn, missed he his appointment the guy couldn't even get a lift to the hospital and and <laughs> when he was when when i had this conversation with i realized this guy has not told a single human being mm. about what's been going on in his life a single human being and he's he's tell, like i was a paralegal at the time he's just telling you know what i mean and and that wasn't the first time incidents like that and i guess it and kira you'll definitely you you know you'll be, at, be able to attest to that i guess the the danger of neglect you can't neglect the emotional side yes we should do all those actions but there has to be a way to healthily process the emotions and what's going on because i i think that's where it leads yeah either either down a very dark path or towards very destructive behaviors to balance out how we're feeling, like you were saying, Ray, when you come to a, uh, you're you're in a constant state of <laughs> your mm. stress, but you're a high functioning, yeah. you know, 
you're going to have to rely on something, whether mm. it's alcohol, whatever it is, to take off the steam. And or eventually something's going to give. It's yeah, either like one of the two. Uh, do, do you agree with that, Kira? Like you, Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think if you like compare it to a, any other issue, you're at work and you have a problem at work. Yeah. Yeah. To solve the problem, you're not like, you know, it, it needs a conversation. Just, yeah. It needs a discussion. And that process <laughs> that you go through well, is the is the same process. You, What is the problem? What's the issue? What's the impact it's having? Okay, how can we get around it? We've tried this. We haven't tried this. Understanding the issue better. Where did it come from? Blah, blah, blah. And, and there's a process to, to problem solving. And I think it's the same concept with me- mental health. We've got mm. an issue. We're not feeling the best. It's having an impact where, where we've hit rock, whatever it is. You know, the, it's it, it needs a conversation. It yes. needs human beings. Yes. It needs relation. You know, we're relational beings. Mm. It needs a discussion. Everyone at some stage needs help. You need someone who's not in your problem, who's yes. not emotionally involved, who's not whose vision isn't blurred, who may be able to see a different perspective or look at it a different way or ask a question, make you you know make you think in a different way, whatever. So we we need that intervention, and I think. For us as men, if we if we continue to not go there to sort our problems or to better understand our problems or to realize the impact mm. of our problems, you know, on us, I, I think you know that crisis, like you were saying, Ray, I think is is going to remain. Mm. And it's gonna get mm. Like Dave, like you were saying before, like Christ gave us this perfect model in the Bible where he not only like spiritually nourished people, but he physically nourished people. He discussed emotions with people like and like it reminds me that like the verse in in luke where it says you shall love the lord your god with all your heart soul strength and mind and your neighbor as yourself and so it's like it's a a perfect model of a holistic thing where you know you love the lord your god with all your heart that's your emotions your soul that's your spirit your mind that's your mental health your thoughts um your strength that's your body your maintaining your physical health and and then loving your neighbor which is having a community having friendships having uh, like people around you and you can't and i think back to that point we were talking about prayer like you might have the most amazing spiritual life but if you've neglected if you're thinking negative thoughts all the time if you're not like healthy you're you're not eating properly you're so there's no one around you there's no community then you can't just rely on that one thing they have to all be in balance and i think that's what abuna elijah's point like at Mm. the end of the last episode which is take something from each thing is do something for your emotions do something for your mental health do something physically um, and use those things to combine. And I think for us, m- m- like men and how our brain works, from a logical perspective, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. If you've got an issue and there's multiple things that you can call on and put them all together to yeah. achieve a solution, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you? Yeah. So for mental health, you know, there is medication and medication may be an option. Mm-hmm. Alongside learning strategies and techniques to deal with your problem alongside reaching out to God and asking for strength and in prayer. Mm. So you're, you're praying about it, you're activating the spiritual, mm. you're activating your, your brain and your intellect or whatever, you're activating you know, science or whatever other resources you've got, you know, and you put all that together to achieve a solution. Mm. Um, one thing on its own, you can pop pills mm. and doing nothing else. You, you're not. You can yeah. sit in your room and pray for ten hours a day, and y- y- you know it's not going to have the desired outcome. Mm. You can just go and learn strategies and techniques. You can utilize those strategies to a certain extent, and then it ends there, and, and you got nothing else, you know, to continue. So, yeah, I think that's how. But Kira, do you, do you know what really freaks me out? When I I've, I've seen people that um, they seem to be doing everything right. You know, they're. They're praying hard. They're doing stuff in the church involved with a priest, seeing psychologists, um, medication, um, being putting, going out in nature, enjoying walking, physical activity, all of that. Trying to connect with friends. They seem to be doing everything right, and problems persist, and feelings persist, and 
that that scares me because it's you know these are all the measures that we talk about and we and the, the professionals are advising and then and it, I guess it comes back to what we we're discussing with the Buna Elijah as well. Like it, it freaks us out because we know that God is omnipotent. We know that He loves us, and these things sometimes still persist for a time, which you know in His wisdom He may allow. But could you could you give us like I guess a, a dose of the reality from what you've seen over all of all of these years? You know what what would be your message to someone who they feel like they're doing all the right things holistically and things are still persisting or someone that's trying to assist someone in that situation. Yeah. Look, for, for me, I would probably take the spiritual approach to, to sort of discuss that or, or, you know, you know, provide an answer to, to that question. And I think for us as spiritual beings and as Christians, you know, we, we can be doing everything in our power and for whatever reason, God is allowing um, certain things to happen, maybe mm. for a period of time and for reasons that we don't know about or we can't see at this mm. point in time. Yeah, mm. Maybe this tribulation that we're going through or the mental health issue, that's what's keeping us in prayer and in communion with God. Yes. And if that problem is solved, we may not go to him and we, you know, like, that's it, we, we're done. Thank you very much. And, you know, so for, for whatever reason, if everyone's doing everything, like if someone's doing everything they can and the problem is still persisting mm. for reasons that we don't know about, it is what it is. Um, you know, my my approach with that person would be to continue supporting, to continue being available, to continue providing a service, to continue sort of exploring the way forward and that hope and that, you know, like sort of d d discussing and, you know, nutting out all of this stuff and continue as best as we can. Um, and that in and of itself could be a success. And again, it's how you define success. The fact that that person hasn't attempted suicide, the fact that that person still has a job and, and is married or, you know, doing what they need to be doing and continuing, we they may still have an issue. So we're seeing it as they're not getting better but mm. the fact that they're, they're functioning and mm. they're, they're, they're alive that could be a success mm. in itself yeah I mean, I mean? The, the, the person that I'm thinking about I, I don't know he probably won't listen he probably wouldn't mind anyhow he's working you know still doing his thing at church in a relationship like these thing, things are still going these things are still functioning so I guess as you're saying you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's a vic those are victories in and of themselves and, and look from a from a spiritual perspective I think it's important to keep things in check as well. You know, we're here for 80 odd years, 90 years, if that, you know, and, and I guess what's important to us, you know, it needs to be discussed. Is yeah. this life that important to us and the success and the job and the lack of poor mental health and, and all that stuff, is that important to us that if we don't have it, it's a big issue and it gets us down and we're thinking about things like source or blah, 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 or is our eternal life more important to us? Mm. So whatever happens in this life, you know, doesn't really matter compared to our, our eternal life and our salvation. And mm. I think keeping that in check for me as a Christian counselor is a very powerful strategy and a powerful conversation to be having with people about keeping things in check. You know, we're, we're not here to have nice cars and enjoy a nice life. We're here to to live our life in the way that God wants us to, to attain salvation and to spend yes. eternity with him. Yes. And if that means going through tribulation, if that means having some hardships, if that means, you know, struggling a bit and, and you know, being closer to God through that process or, you know, praying for uh, an increase in tolerance or long-suffering or perseverance or, you know, God, you know, using our tribulation or what we're going through to impact other people, blah, 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 whatever, whatever's happening, mm. I think we need to keep that bigger picture in check. Yeah. This life, yes, it's important for all of us and we're here on human beings and our human side kicks in 100%. 
but as spiritual beings we need to keep that big picture yes. long-term goal and can you know compare that our, our eternal life of it for eternity compared to our temporal life of 80 years here you know mm. and i think monasticism monks and nuns have nailed that you know that yeah. carefree and and it's 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 just that if we don't care as much about the possessions and this life, then we won't care as much if it's negatively impacted or if we lose something from it or whatever. Mm. If we do care about it and it is our be all and end all, then we're going to be devastated if it doesn't turn out well. You know. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I think that's why it's so important not to disc, like to take out the spirituality from this discussion. Like, you know, we say our prayer isn't the, you know, isn't always a solution, but it's so important. Like, the the whole reason why you know if you look at for example judas iscariot committed suicide and, and the the reason was even though he re, he felt remorse and he regretted what he did he he lost hope that he could be saved whereas you've got peter on the other hand who you know arguably did something just as just as bad and, and denied even knowing christ like he, he even said i don't even know who you're talking about yet he repented and and came back and i think he had hope and they're kind of the two sides of the coin um and i think I don't know. It must be. It just must be really hard for people who are in those situations who don't have hope, who don't have something yeah. after after Earth to look forward to. Yeah. And it it makes. I think it makes a lot of sense how easy it can be to spiral into those yeah. situations when you've lost hope. Especially, you lose hope when you remove the spiritual element as well. Yeah, it must there's be so nothing easy. after this there's, life. That's it. it. Like, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. You have an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Philosophically just speaking, like, there's just, yeah, then there's no meaning to, yeah, yeah I know, anything. But. Like the solution, and it's not even like a, life is so bad that I want to end it. It's just like, well, if there's nothing else after, then what's the harm mm. in just ending it early and like just being done with it? Like, and I guess, you know, that, that that's like basically what suicide is like what what's the mm, point of the continuing like it's, of it. yeah exactly it's, it's right. not it's not that i want to do harm to the people around me it's it's just that well there's nothing else after like what, what what's the purpose of continuing yeah. Yeah. and this is a very you know that's a very probably that's a huge generalization uh, probably. yeah <laughs> different huge yeah i mean the there are many other, there are many other motivations reasons, but yeah when when people reach that point speaking of from a, just a spiritual perspective yeah yeah, yeah it's it's um, yeah it's huge. i think I think, I mean, the majority of this conversation is stemmed around kind of, you know, what to do when it hits rock bottom and when you get to that point. But is there anything for our listeners, uh, like prevention is better than a cure, of course. Is there anything that we can practically, emotionally, physically and spiritually do at this point in time where we're at baseline? Yeah. Nothing's explicitly wrong, uh, you per se. But is there anything that we can do to better at least equip ourselves for if and when we do get to the point where we go through a slump or a crisis or whatever? Yeah. Look, I think, again, my opinion, I think sort of individually, starting with breaking through those stigmas and lining ourselves up to if and when we need to have these difficult discussions or seek help, that we're in a position and comfortable enough to do so. Mm -hmm. So acknowledging that. And look, I can tell you from a personal experience and, and sort of what I'm exposed to in the work that I do, everyone has something going on. Everyone, mm -hmm. every single person 
no matter how well they present on Facebook, no matter how much money they have, mm. you know, everyone's got something going on or everyone will experience Eventually, something yeah. in yep. the future. Yeah. yeah. From priests to bishops to married to single to young and old, spiritual, mm. non-spiritual, everyone will go through something. So that's our whole point about that's just life, isn't it? hundred percent. And I've, you know, and I've, I've, you know, I've gotten referrals of, you know, people that I know and, you know, very surprised, you know, and, and yeah. oh, wow, like I had no idea, you know. Mm. Um, so no matter how well people present, everyone's got something going on. And I think people sort of believing that makes it, you know, like we, we can we can accept it, we can process it more. If we think we're alone and there's something mm, seriously yeah. wrong with us and everyone else is chill, that's yeah. going to make it a lot harder for we're us. just to assuming, oh, nothing's ever going to happen to me, I'm immune. Exactly, mm. exactly right. Um, so I think that's individually for, for all of us, that's a, you know, that's the first sort of step. I think... Um, as well, have have someone identify someone at least one person in your life that you could talk to if you feel you need to. Mm-hmm. Obviously, someone that has your best interest at heart, someone you trust, someone you have a, a relationship with. But have that out if you need it. If you feel like you need to talk to someone, mm-hmm. if you've you know heard this podcast or you've heard any sort of mental health talk and you're hearing this stuff, and then you come to a point where you think, oh yeah, you know, I. I'm, I'm feeling some of this stuff or some of these markers that I heard mm. about, or, you know, I might be going through this, nut it out with someone, you know, yep. about, you know, have a sounding board of someone that you trust to help you figure it out. And it could be you're overreacting and it could be nothing or the conversation you have with someone, you get a different perspective. You, you get asked some questions and the answers sort of provide you with clarity and whatever. Mm. And that's what you need to, to continue. And great. Yeah. If not, just get it off your chest. Exactly. That's the whole point of like like Mm. most people that go through therapy, they just say that even the action of just getting it out just on its own without any receiving any advice is therapeutic in itself. 100%. 100%. And that's, and you know, when girls talk to each other, uh, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. therapeutic yeah, for them. That's when why they, like, we have confession and. Yeah, 100%. Sort of a conversation mm. and, and making yourself vulnerable and bringing someone else in. Um, even, even just talking about it, you know, emotionally and psychologically, if you've got something negative inside, physically, you know, verbally talking about it and getting it out, yeah. it, it has an impact. Yeah. Writing it down yes. has an impact, you know. Things like that have an impact. Even from a confession perspective, when you go to confession, yeah. you, you you say your sin and you, and you feel that remorse and, and you and you let it out and 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 you know you, you feel it has an impact. You know, yeah. um, it's almost yeah. like it's almost like we need to, I guess, take a minute to look at ourselves in the mirror and and sort of say, what are you doing to look after yourself now? You know, and what skills are you acquiring for later? You know, it's almost stopping and acknowledging, okay, something is inevitably going to come. And when it does come, I'm either going to be prepared or it's going to blindside me and I might not even realize that it's spiraling out of control. That's that's kind of the way that I see it. Mm-hmm. You know, why not best equip yourself here and now? Because something, if not everything, is going to come. And you got nothing. Sorry, you got nothing to lose as well. Like mm. you know, and 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 in this day and age, and the support that's available, everything's confidential. Everything's mm. private. You you know, it's a safe space, and you've got nothing to lose. You know, you, you might have a uncomfortable conversation, and it's very unnatural for you to talk about these things, and you feel a bit awkward. Blah blah blah. Uh, you know, and you know, and no one needs to know about it because I know it. men struggle with shame as well. Yep. You know, being labeled and all that sort yep. of. Toxic even stuff, even on that, actually, I think th- there's been some research done to show that um, uh, men's therapy that is actually side by side is a lot more successful than face to face, and it's not not just because of the awkwardness, but men actually interpret eye contact a little bit differently to mm. to, to how women do it, and so don't look at me like that. 
<laughs> I thought you fell asleep. <laughs> you actually scared me. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry, man. But I was just going to Ray say, went into flight or fight. Like, what is that? <laughs> I was going to say, Ray, on your point before about, um, like, think about what, what you could be doing. Like, I think, like, our man, Mr. Peterson, has, like, in his book about hey, this, he, do, he talks about, um, like, look at yourself as someone who's worth looking after. Like the mm. same way that you would look after a friend who came to you with this or a family member, like look at yourself in the same way. And it's not selfish, but it's, it's, you've got to do the best for yourself as well in mm. order, in order to be able to do all these other things. As well. the, that's the thing about, about masculinity as well is that whole idea of like, I'm here to take care of everyone else around me and give them the skin off my back. And mm. most men probably won't realize that it's taken so much out of them. Mm. And that they've neglected themselves so much that it's only when you hit that wall and you hit it a hundred miles an hour that you go, okay, something's wrong. Yeah. And then by that time you're like, well, I don't know what resources, yeah. I don't have support. Yeah. And that whole, you know, we all know how the story goes. So and and on that point, yeah. so I was just going to say like that concept of self-care and it needs sort of, you know, it's a very important point. Self-care is, is not a selfish thing at all. And yes, yeah. and, the, and the point of self-care, you need to take care of yourself mm. so you can be a good father, a good mm. husband, a good parent, mm. a good neighbor, a good worker, mm. a good whatever. So you want to be available to those around you. You want to provide, you want to help, you want to serve 100%. You need to be okay. It's the exact same mm. as on, on the flights. You know, I always use the analogy, you know, you're told to put on your mask first before you help a kid. Yes. Not because you're more important, you know, you, if you're <laughs> dead, you, your you're kid's dead because kid. no one's looking after the kid. So yeah. you need mm. to take care of yourself, not in a selfish way, so yeah. you can help those be around you and yourself. be exactly. Yeah. Be better Kira, to I, think, yourself. I think social media distorts self care sometimes, and it's like, oh, you know, go go spend three hundred dollars online shopping, and that's self care. So maybe can you like <laughs> what give us like some <laughs> like you know all the things you don't get me started with your purchases, man. <laughs> oh, right. That that t- how much was the t shirt? <laughs> yeah, there's I another extra for another the whole. Paid extra for the holes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but can maybe can you give us some some like practical things that you might advise? You know, a young guy comes in twenty one years old or whatever who's experiencing things, and it's not serious enough that he needs to be on medication or go do any of those serious things in air quotes. But just some simple kind of tips that you can do daily to, yep. to help you. So I think it's first important for people to identify their stresses and identify the, the issue okay. or what, what is causing or the trigger. So yep. to be aware of that, what yep. if something is going wrong or something's having a negative impact mm-hmm. on you, first spend a bit of time figuring out what that is, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, where, when it happens, it, how often it happens, what the triggers are. Is it an environment? Is it a person? Is it a certain situation? Is yep. it a certain thought, intrusive thought? Whatever it is, yep. figure it out first so then you know sort of how to, how to tackle it best. Yep. In regards to self-care, again, very case-by-case scenario. Everyone's self-care looks differently. And sometimes it is the lavish lunch and, you know, boat ride across the harbour. Uh, <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> do you do that, Ray? He does that every day. I'm not. He does that after work. <laughs> self-care. <laughs> Look, that, that can be self-care for some. And for others, it could be, you know, anything else. It could be the therapy session. It could be reading yeah. a book. Could be go, could be going for a walk. Yeah. It could be, you know, sporting activity, physical. Yeah. It could be anything. Yeah. Anything that you know, takes you away from your stress, anything that gives you a time out to rejuvenate, anything that helps you better understand and process and figure out, you know, a, a way forward with whatever it is you're going through, anything that has a positive impact on you. Mm. So your stressor or your mental health issue or your, you know, your, your trigger or whatever it is, is having a negative impact, mm. counteracting that, mm. 
in self-care, counteracting that with something that has a positive impact on you, endorphins and serotonin. I'm not medically minded, <laughs> but whatever it is, all that good stuff that Neither goes on your body. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, do, doing that stuff. And yeah. that's, that's self-care. I guess it's the same principle as prayer, like putting you in that mindset to be able to deal with the stressor in a, in a much better way. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have to deal with it. Like the whole point of, and like we've talked about this before, is like the point of personal responsibility. Like, you're not going to be able to shy away from the job that, or the, the issue at work or the, the relationship problem or whatever it is. You're going to have to face it eventually. And I guess yeah. the point of those things is to put you in a better state of mind to be able to deal with them in a much yeah. better way. It's, I mean, it's funny, and I'm just thinking about what you were talking about, like the, the, the 10, like, I don't know, reflecting myself as well. Like, it's much easier for me to go on a basketball court or go mm-hmm. to the gym and, you know, put slap on some plates and deadlift and whatever because, yeah. I don't know, I assume... I don't know. Like it's, yeah. I'm, I'm far more inclined to do those things than to, um, you know, accept the vulnerability that's required to get help, even just from a friend, even from that peer to be like peer to peer to beer. Whoa, whoa, yeah, have a few. Beer. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good episode name. Peer to beer. There you go. Peer to beer. But it, I mean, and and friendship is a big blessing as yeah. well. Like I really love the verse. Yeah, but like it makes sense. Like Father Elijah, like he talked about like those things God designed to release endorphins, yeah. like exercise release endorphins. Like it's not just. A placebo effect. It's no, definitely. Designed but it, but to, you yeah. can't neglect. You can't do it. Yeah. So you were going to say a Bible verse. So I thought you were. No, <laughs> no you're, I was going to say the one in Proverbs 7, you know, as iron sharpens iron, yeah. so a man sharpens yeah. the countenance of his friends. And you know, I've had several conversations, I mean, with Ray, as much yeah. as he kills my life, <laughs> where, you know, we'll sit and we'll, we'll talk I'm about definitely the tough love approach. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> like we'll sit and we'll talk about something, and you know, and he'll he'll challenge me or he'll put something as yeah, Kira as you were saying, call it. as you were saying about perspective. Like you need someone trusted where you feel safe, which doesn't apply to him, but like <laughs> that, yeah, someone to help you and yeah. put it in perspective, and and it's so important, even just you articulating it, yeah. and you it makes sense in your head, or you start to understand yourself, and I, I feel like there should there should be a uh, a subset of therapy just just normally so we can I, I'm very curious about to under, understand myself and why I do mm. certain things why I respond certain ways why I have behaviours and we're, things about we're myself all, we're all very curious Dave <laughs> <laughs> your behaviour I'm, I'm, I'm out but it's like it's it's really hard to face yourself and to face the fact that there could be something exactly wrong with you. Like, maybe it's maybe it's just the easier thing yeah, it's just the easier thing just, to do the other methods of self care yeah. I don't know is this the yeah. part where I say start with a man in the mirror I think it wait, is. Wait, 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 wait. Ray, say it again. Start with the man in the mirror. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna have so. Oh, much I thought you were gonna have MJ. <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> but, no, no. Wow. Because it's. Cre- <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one last thing I'll say, and then I'll I will shut up. But like <laughs> when you God. mentioned um, Mary and Martha as well, yeah. like one of my favorite verses in Luke 10 when Jesus says. And you can put your own name here, like Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many yeah, things, yeah. but one thing is needed. Yeah. And Mary has chosen that good part. Like the one thing that we are worried and troubled and being weighed mm. down by a million mm. things. Mm. The one thing that we need to make sure we do that day is to sit at the feet of Christ and talk to him mm. and be silent and let him speak to us and, you know, have that have that quiet time. I think that's It's like, funny. And that's usually the one thing we're not worried about. Yeah. yeah. We're not yeah. worried that we haven't sort of prayed mm. that day or, or spent yeah. that time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That was intense, guys. Kira, if there's a final message you could give to young guys and girls out there, you know, with regards to mental health, looking after themselves, you know, starting with the man in the mirror, what, what would you say? Look, my message would be, 
like I said before, everyone's got something going on. Don't be fooled. Mm. Don't be fooled by what you see. Don't be fooled by how well your mates present. Um, you know, there, there is no shame. Man, I'm a therapist. I should have all the answers. I've got a ton of problems, you know. Mm. Um, so everyone's got something going on. And get get the help you need for, for your sake, for your loved one's sake, for your career, for your life, for your salvation. You know, there's no shame in it. There, mm. there shouldn't be a stigma around it. Um, and there is help available. Um, and, and luckily for us, you know, we've got a service like Exodus, you know, for, you know, for, for us culturally appropriate, for example, religiously mm. appropriate, yes, um, yeah. confidential, professional, huge, um, huge you know, there, there, there are supports out there. And, and, and even, you know, just take that step to have preliminary conversations. You don't need maybe necessarily go full blown therapy and sessions mm-hmm. and yeah. cost all this money and, you know, and. Like it, it may mm. not need that, but mm. talk to someone, talk to a yeah. friend, talk to, you know, unpack certain things, have some awkward discussions to save yourself from a lot of heartache later on. You're never alone. You're never alone. And and everyone's mm. going through it. The person you're talking to has probably spoken to one of their mates about something going on for them, yeah. you know? Yeah. You're not alone. Can I just say something, just sorry about the session, something we had to correct from last episode where we said... Um, when you get a mental health care plan or a referral yep. for a doctor and in, in Australia, Australia you get 10 sessions. Least, yeah. So we said 10 sessions, you actually get 20. So, um, and that actually only changed this year. So um, it's, it's much better. And because normally people go through the 10 sessions and they finish up three months in and they have to <laughs> wait another nine mm-hmm. months to get a referral. But yeah, oh, now wow. it's 20 sessions. So they've doubled it, which is, which is Excellent. great. And yeah. it's totally free. Or not? No, it's not free. It is free. <laughs> you get a rebate. We're gonna have to correct sessions. this next oh, episode. Yeah, we're gonna have to correct no. it again. So you get a rebate for twenty sessions, but wow. then why do I think they're obviously free? gonna charge you three times as much? <laughs> no, <I'm joking>. yeah, <laughs> fair but, well then, but that's another problem with mental health services in Australia. It's it's expensive. Well, I mean, it, but we're be far expensive. better off. Like we are. We're much. I've we're spoken we're, to friends in Europe and America. It's, very like, hard. it's just like I don't have the money to do that. We're extremely lucky. I'll take the sneaky opportunity to plug Exodus. So all our services, all our services are free. So we've got registered psychologists, mm. we've got psychotherapists, uh, we've got counsellors, we've got social workers, um, we provide case management, so we allocate a caseworker to support Amazing. people with whatever they need. We've got, um, yeah, like I said, counsellors, psychotherapists and psychologists to, to provide therapy. We don't charge for any of our services. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, Exodus is definitely there for, for anyone who's listening that needs any support. Um, we provide phone therapy as well, so if you don't want to come in, if you live far away and you can't come into the centre, um, you know, reach out to Exodus, please. And and we can either provide, hopefully provide the support that's needed, or we can refer on or, or you know, direct mm-hmm. someone um, to, to wherever they need to go um, to get the help they need. Which is which is amazing, considering that there are no, there are basically no free services out there, and if there are, they take like uh, there's a waiting list to get on, and the fact like if if you knew how desperate Exodus is always in terms of funding and stuff, it's amazing like the job that you guys do, and um, so yeah, that's it's a massive commendation to you. Thank God, you guys, please reach out and please support Exodus in any way that you can. Um, Extremely, extremely worthy cause. Extremely worthy cause. Hero, thank you. No, thank you so much, man. It's been an honor. No, no, this was awesome. Thanks for having me. You thank blessed you. us today. Thank you to it. You guys are funny. I didn't realize you were. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're more than just a pretty face. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> we go all right. So to everyone that's listening, thank you once again for tuning in to The Righteous Man. You can catch us on Spotify or Apple Music simply by searching The Righteous Man. Feel free to send us a DM on Instagram if you've got any questions. We also have a link in our bio for any anonymous submissions as well. 
Peace out, good night, good evening, or good morning, wherever you are in the world, and we'll see you on the other side. Take care. See you guys. Hey.